off the pads of Desmet. They score! The Lions tie up the game. 42 seconds remaining in the second period. They give it to Runyon. Shot put on. He scores! He cuts into the zone. Drops it off for Miller. Now for Bresingham. A shot. He scores! Welcome to episode one of Between Shifts, the Linwood Hockey Podcast, the official podcast for anything and everything Linwood Ice Hockey. We're going to give you access to coaches, players, and more. Come along with me, your host, Rick Troutwine, for an action-filled hockey journey this season. We're going to kick off this week talking NCAA women's Lady Lion action as number two Wisconsin comes to town. Earlier this week, we caught up with associate head coach Chrissy Keogh to discuss their weekend ahead. Now we're joined by associate women's head coach Chrissy Keogh. Chrissy, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Not bad. Excited to uh, start the third season behind the bench with head coach Shelly Looney. Oh, fired up. We've been waiting for a full season to get underway, so hopefully... Uh we're able to continue on that path because the girls are excited too. I was going to say, just looking back, has it felt like you've been here for 50 games already? No. Um, and it's funny, Shelly and I actually made the joke earlier today that it feels like it's like middle of November, or December already. Cause it's just like so much has happened in a short period of time. And last year it was like, hurry up and wait. So yeah. it, it's like the opposite effect. So we're kind of trying to work our way through that, but it's, it'll be, so awesome to get a full full season again yeah that that is that's a big thing I know both men's and women's last year obviously had with COVID had the shortened season so as a a coaching staff um with quite a few incoming uh players what do you guys look at big picture wise for day-to-day not so much obviously everybody's goal is to win that last game of the season but day-to-day What do you do? What do you focus on to try to make sure that that happens? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we're focusing on, especially because we did bring in more depth this year, is just making sure that we're continuing to get better every day. Like I I work with the forwards and um, that's a big thing that we emphasize on on our end of the bench is like even if it's in the smallest ways, you, you need to leave the ice every day feeling like you've gotten better in some way to better yourself, to better the team. Um, and I think you can see that compete levels up and that's, I mean, we don't, we don't want to coach a compete level. We want to coach, uh, coach the skills and coach, coach that development process. So we're, we're in that phase now. And I think that's the exciting part for us is we're, uh, we watch, watch how we, uh, do in practice. And we're, we're pretty excited as a staff to see where we can end up at the end of the year. So talking about, you know, adding some of that, that depth and improving it, um, you guys returned four of your top seven scorers from last year, but out of, out of those returning players, who could you see, or who is poised to have a big breakout year that can be another added layer of, of scoring behind Wagner and uh, Bert? Yeah. I think everyone's hungry right now. Like even from returners, um, like I think Gigi Pora has got a fire under her, but looking at like, freshmen that have come in or newcomers like Val comes in with a lot of experience playing in hockey East uh, number 19 um, you know from a freshman standpoint we've got 
uh, Sid Rarick and Morgan Knightsky that, you know, we definitely are going to be putting some pressure on to, they just got that, they have that natural goal scoring touch. Um, so I think that's, that's a nice thing for us is that the pressure is kind of spread amongst, amongst the team. Um, so we've got, we've got some good additions that I think that are excited to handle that pressure and have that on their shoulders. Speaking of pressure and expectations, that's who comes to town is the team that in the nation that probably has the most pressure in Wisconsin. Absolutely. Uh, what do you guys as a staff and as a team expect out of Wisconsin this coming weekend? I expect that we're going to be playing a team that looks like they just won a national championship. I mean, they do every year. Um, you know, they always bring in a lot of talented players and they're lucky enough to return some talented players. They have some, some that they're missing with, you know, this being an Olympic year. Um, but, you know, they'll still have, I'm expecting that Daryl Watts is still going to be playing McKenna Webster. Um, so I think they're going to have, they move the puck really well and they're a very offensive team. And I think the good thing for us is that it's going to challenge us a lot. And we've you know, been putting a lot of emphasis on, you know, making sure that we're working as a unit of five, whether it's D zone or offensive zone. So like you said, you guys have been working on a couple of things in practice yep. um, besides, you know, working as a unit, what, uh, what other things are you guys stressing or are you, do you expect out of your team this weekend taking on Wisconsin? Yeah, I expect that, I mean, again, we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Um, we're playing the number one team in the country and we're either going to humble them or we're going to be humbled and be able to move forward and prepare for the following weekend and learn some lessons. But I mean, I, the girls are hungry. And I think one of the things that we're focusing on is, you know, you got to respect your opponents, but you don't, you don't give things away. Um, so I think, you know, for us, we're going to see um, some aggressive play and, um, you know, CHA tends to be more of a, a physical league. And I think we're trying to bring that style into our game a little bit more. So I think between us and, and Wisconsin, it'll be, it'll be a good battle. I don't think anybody's looking to back down from any challenges. So with COVID being ending, obviously slowing, I should say not ending, um, and some restrictions being lifted like fans, how much is it going to energize your staff, your team to, to know that they're going to have fans in that building Friday at 7 p.m. rooting them on against a, a tough Wisconsin team? Uh, I mean, we've had administrators and staff on campus that have walked by us that are like, we'll see you this weekend. And I mean, even just as coaches were fired up, the kids keep talking about their families being in the stands. We'll have a lot of youth teams that'll be showing up to support us. I think it's, we've been waiting a year and a half for this. And I think it'll, I think it'll make it that much more special to be back on the ice and, and have, have that extra energy boost behind us. So I know obviously being around the rink, seeing the way you and Shelly and Mike go about your business. Um, there's not, there's not going to be a uh, lack of pride or emotion when it comes to you guys stepping on the ice, but how do you, with so many incoming uh, players, uh, five freshmen, two transfers, how do you build or recreate that culture that you guys have had the past two seasons? Yeah, I think the good thing is we have a good base to build off of. Um, so we've, you know, the biggest thing that we wanted to do when we came in is everyone's got a role and we're a family. And I think that um, not having the COVID restrictions of like, I mean, unfortunately our freshmen last year, like everyone was separated and bubbled. Um, and I think you guys saw it with your teams. You know, it's just, it's, it's hard to get that team camaraderie together and get that team building to happen. And I think this year they've 
been able to make it happen so quickly. Like it, I think we're hard pressed to find people that couldn't sit in the same room and find a way to get along together and, and have a good time. You know what I mean? So from that standpoint, um, I think everybody's embraced the fact that, you know, they know that we, we want to win and we want to get better. And if everyone just like looking from the outside in, I think, and I could be biased, obviously being on the staff, but I just think looking from the outside in, it, it it's a different vibe and it's a more, it's a stronger connection than they've had in the past. And I think everybody has that competitive edge and can feel the difference as far as just the energy on and off the ice. So I think that's, that's the exciting part for sure. Yeah. Being around the rink, I can, you kind of get that feeling about all three teams, all three teams feel like there's, I mean, maybe it is everybody realizing after COVID every, everything feels like it's got a little extra special bond or chemistry to it. And yep. it's, I think it's going to make for a uh, exciting three seasons. A hundred percent. It's going to, it's just going to be so fun to watch because every, every, nobody's taking it for granted anymore because they don't, they don't want to miss out. I mean, we had kids that were up in Canada during the summer that still were hard pressed to find a rink to, to skate in and train in during the summer just because of COVID. So I think um, everyone's really excited to just be back in their routine and you can even see it with the guys. They're excited to get back on the ice. It's just, it, it's a fun environment at the rink right now to be a part of. Yes, it is. And not, not looking ahead too, too much, but after Wisconsin, you guys travel to St. Cloud and then Minnesota State. So when you and Shelly are kind of putting together a uh, out-of-conference schedule, what do you yep. like? That was a pretty big test. Uh, yeah. Is that is that your goal? Is to create the hardest out-of-conference schedule you can to put your team to the test before conference play starts? Yeah, I mean, I think the it would be a disservice to our team to just go in and find a couple of easy games to go into prior to getting into our conference schedule. I mean, we have in our conference, any, any team can show up. It doesn't matter if it's top, bottom, middle. Um, it's a really competitive league. So for us, I think looking at the schedule, we we're trying to figure out like, how can we challenge our kids the most and put them in a position to be challenged, but be able to win at the same time. All said, well, again, catch the lady lions on the ice against the Lady Badgers Friday, September 24th at 7 p.m. And then again, Saturday on the 25th at 5th at 3.30. Christy, thanks for everything. We'll see you around the rink. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Our second interview of the week is head coach of the men's Division I program, Rick Zombo, as they take on Missouri State this weekend at home at Centene Community Ice Center. Let's kick it over to the interview with Rick. We're joined by head coach of the Linwood Lions, Rick Zombo. Zoms, thanks for joining us. You're entering uh, year 12, I believe, as head coach after a few as an assistant. Yeah, I had two as an assistant. So when it comes to... Uh, some of the things with Lindenwood, um, the program itself at the ACHA level is is top notch, and it's been that way for a decade plus. Um, what what draws some of those new guys or some of the new guys you have coming in into that program? Uh, <clears throat> recruiting for us is very important. We've been taking it serious forever. We spent a considerable amount of time in recruiting the right players 
that can excel and also develop with our coaching staff. So, uh, and, and I think in college sports, 70% of all success is on recruiting. Um, but me as a coach, I want to recruit the right players that fit the way that we play as far as identity, that not only that I like the coach, but I believe players like the play. Uh, so we like to be ahead of the norm or the standards or, you know, back when the Blackhawks were winning the Stanley Cup, everybody, you know, want to play the Blackhawks and part of that was the Devils and, you know, in between that was the Red Wings. Um, to get ahead of the norm is extremely important to me because um, a lot of coaches nowadays coach strictly off the internet. The internet is, is a great resource when it comes to knowledge, uh, but the, that, that's a science of the sport. The art of coaching is what we do here at Lindywood and making certain that uh, not only these players are talented, but accept the fact that our focus is always on one game and it's the fourth game at a national tournament, which is a championship game. So uh, regular season playoffs is, is all uh, building experience, um, inoculation for diversity uh, to win one game. And, and nowadays everything is about short-term fixes in YouTube, YouTube and, and uh, that's not how I coach. So my recruiters, my assistant coaches and myself, we ask hard questions and we try to knock players off balance. Uh, to make certain that they would be comfortable in our mix. As far as some of those new guys coming in, who are who are some guys that, you know, we can let the audience know are going to be big-time contributors, hopefully, or guys that will play big roles in years to come? I'm going to be cute, but honest, all of them. It, it was an unbelievable recruiting year for us. Uh, the availability and access of really talented players with no place to go was unbelievable. Um, it, it's not a flash in a pan. We spent a considerable amount of time of tracking players. So we start when they're 16, 17 years old and follow them through their progression wherever their teams might bring them. So we have a really good uh, baseline on player development because uh, majority of players plateau out, um, whether it be um, their limitations, um, going too early at a higher level, uh, or also being suppressed uh, by their respective uh, coaching staff. So they're playing at the younger youth level, whether it be AAA or juniors, tier one, tier two. But we, we've got a book on most of these players. Um, networking is extremely important to us. We call a lot of opposing coaches. We call a lot of development coaches that have had these kids. So we, we try to get it right. It, it's really easy to find the blue chippers at 16. They're usually the blue chippers at, at 17 but they've had a, a comfortable paved path to success that in more times than not, well, I'll be honest with you, probably 60% of all early commits don't pan out. 
we try to hedge our bets and get ahead of them and watch the development prior to availability. So for us, when we start recruiting players, um, we want to be the first when it comes to initial contact. And when they get to exhaust their tenure in juniors at 20 years old, uh, they remember who was first and who, who acknowledged or recognized that's a uh, tremendous amount of potential. That's how we hedge our bets. Okay. Um, as far as filling some voids of those seniors that left, such as depth scoring from Zach Martin or the leadership on the back end from Austin Wilk, um, it's known now that Kyler Newman will be the captain along with some of the returnants, Ursulak um, and Murphy and Martin as assistants. But what, you know, you bring back Ferret, uh, but who else out of that returning group can be a guy that you can look to to have some depth for scoring and an extra leadership outside of that core? Leadership is extremely important to me. Uh, I've learned many years ago that you have to teach leadership. Um, it, it is not just uh, emulate somebody that they see on the NHL that wears a C or an A. Uh, it's not just follow the lead of how I carry myself. It is teaching them leadership qualities that become extremely important to uh, young adults outside of the sport. My coaching is all about being productive, uh, successful young adults once goals and assists are eliminated through their hockey career. So um, teaching that stuff and being hard and hardest on the guys that were the letters um, is, is a task that uh, starts when they're freshmen. So I, I want, I, I honestly, I want 20 guys uh, on our bench for game days with all leadership qualities. Uh, some take to it, some don't. Um, it's, it's important to me that there, there are players that when they become juniors and seniors, now they're getting into their core classes of, of college. Now they have uh, committed relationships and there's an awful lot that pulls and tears on them other than just getting a bachelor's degree, uh, is potential uh, quality of life with a significant other, potential children. Um, to, to, to learn that type of uh, stress inoculation and leadership and making hard choices, uh, I, I try to work through, through the sport that they love when they're young. Uh, when it comes to, we just named Zach Martin as one of our, one of our captains. Um, the question that, that comes to him, can I hand off my problems to you? And, and it's just not front row pictures. It's just not understanding the rule book. It's not just being the head of the snake in practice and also games. It is... <clears throat> can you officiate and regulate the players when I don't have them? So it hands off my troubles to them. Uh, most can't. 
not until they're really secure in their personal life and where they're going in their school, their relationships, can they'll all say yes, but uh, this is a process that started a couple years with uh, Zach Martin as it did with Kyler Newman, Peyton Ursulak, Brendan Murphy, uh, Austin Wilk, prior to that, whoever, all my captains. I, I carry great value in the captains because I could have a tremendous amount of time vested in the game plan, vested in the week of practice, but after a tremendous five or 10 minutes inside a dressing room, if I don't have that leadership that uh, reiterates my message, it's a waste of my time. So most important is to have the captains that monitor and also regulate uh, the pulse of our dressing room. So yeah, everybody being on the same page, right? From top to bottom. Well, yeah, we have a purpose. Like, I, I know personally, everybody wants best stats. Everybody wants data boys. We want reach arounds. We want likes. I get that. We come to Lindenwood, it's won a national title. And through the process, leave it up to me because I understand everybody has needs and wants. Their learning curve is different from player to player. Uh, how, how you communicate with them is different. But the bottom line is at Lindenwood, it's a dictatorship that comes from me, but it is very understanding and listening to needs and wants. But when you come here, it's about winning a title. That, that swings us perfectly into the next, the next question, which was obviously you've mentioned the expectations for the Linwood Lions are always winning the last game of the year. But little little more big picture when it comes to just what you expect from your team this year, day in and day out. Where, where does that go? Yeah. <laughs> I thought during the COVID season, it was an accelerated learning curve. So we, so last year we ran, we had no game competition. So we ran pods of practice, not till January. So we didn't have a full year of not only stress inoculation, but understanding uh, how we play and the awareness and, and the support that's offered through mistakes. Uh, because we've had NCAA one competition that have extended themselves for exhibition games this year in preparation for 22-23, we're playing the big boys. We're stepping up. We're, we're stepping up because um, it's, it's extremely important. I've had a bunch of players that not only um, played Division One and came to us during the transfer process, uh, but also players from us that developed that went to play Division One. There's not a huge difference in talent if you eliminate the high-end players. So blue chip players make a difference on any team. Uh, success to win titles is a depth of 20 guys. 24, the black aces really push the pace of the competitive level in practice. So uh, when it comes to raising donation money, raising awareness, uh, Lindenwood University is ready to take the next step. Uh, we have to be extremely successful in the five exhibition games that we've been uh, able to schedule. So unfortunately, but also fortunately, uh, number one ranked team in 21-22 is Denver at NCHC. They've been unbelievable in wanting to play a game. So we're going to Denver October 2nd. That comes really fast. You're playing against a perennial Division one title program that 
Uh, I had a bunch of freshmen that ran the show last year um, that, you know, um, eight to 10 guys are division one NHL draft picks. Linwood University gets to play them on the road. I know that program sold out already. It's the first time Denver University has exposed their sports um, to attendance and it's sold out. So Magnus Arena is going to be packed. So we got one game Saturday on October 2nd. Uh, 23rd, 24th, we host the Air Force. This is a program. When you're talking about the cadets of the Air Force Academy and the way they play hockey, it is unbelievable that their coaching staff uh, and university would extend an opportunity for when they would play them. We host them. And then uh, uh, January 23rd, 24th, we go to last year in the top 10 Arizona State. We've been fortunate to establish a relationship with Greg Powers and his program because they started at our level and they understand the process of getting there and how difficult it is. We got games down in, uh, in Tempe against uh, Arizona State, but that's January. And these two games, uh, two opponents that we have in October is going to be the, the biggest watch games in October in college hockey. Not only will it be the first time that ACHA, all those programs, be rooting for Lindenwood, which none of them do, are now going to be rooting for us. There's going to be a comparison factor. Okay. Uh, and also when it comes to the awareness of can my teams be successful at playing at the big boy level, that's what this is all about. And I got a team of freshmen with a, with, with a bunch of uh, retreads, w- which are now juniors and seniors that for some reason were cut, didn't reach their aspirations, got a late start on it. Um, I hope they have a thorn under their saddle. So as a coach, it's it's not the scare, but are you into a challenge and tie your skates your way? And let's go. So it comes fast. So there's never enough hours in a coach's life. Yeah, always. That's one thing being around the program, as long as I have been, uh, your teams always have that little chip on their shoulder. And that's what I think makes them into the teams that they become. Um, as far as not looking ahead too far to, Denver next weekend. What do you expect out of a team like Missouri State this weekend that you play Saturday at 7:10 as your home opener and then again Sunday at 4:30? Missouri State is a is a program that spends a considerable amount of time recruiting St. Louis players. I love it for that. Missouri State and Springfield is an unbelievable not only educational institute but it has a tremendous social life that's extremely accessible. And over the years, their team gets better and better. They made, they made it to the national uh, tournament this year. Um, they recruited well. Uh, I'll, I'll go into our scouting tomorrow. But uh, I think that uh, the structure is being imposed. Um, and it's talented players that when they played Lindenwood, we get their A game. Uh, they've also had, I think, two games prior to us. So we still got practice rust on us, right? So they have a step in that. Um, and uh, th- these are big games. 
Every, everybody wants a schedule against Lindenwood because when it comes to the rankings, when you play close or you beat a high-ranked team, it assists you in a bid to the national tournament. So scheduling games for us is a piece of cake. Um, we're familiar with the players uh, that have been recruited. I know there's somewhat of a pipeline um, through BC, so they're getting more and more players there. Um, but <clears throat> nobody wants to play a hard game, and I try to train my players to be good to play a hard game for 60 minutes. So are they talented? They're talented. Um, they got a head start on us as far as uh, game shape. Um, and it's not bad, bad being an underdog, which honestly they are playing against us. So I, I, I could be a, a soothing coach and say we're going to have our hands full. Um, but I, I try to set the adversity and challenge my guys in practice so these games come easy. Uh, and you got to prepare for the unexpected. I expect a really, really hard game that uh, we got to be sharp and we got to control the puck. Yeah, I know last year, last year, uh, final scores were a little bit more lopsided than the games themselves probably dictated. Uh, the talent that you guys had took over near the end of the game. So, as far as your team going into this weekend, how do you? You know, you have enough of a veteran presence to where I don't think looking ahead to Denver is going to be an issue. But how do you get those those group of bunch of freshmen um, to gel with those returners in game one so you can get off to a hot start? Because like you said, these are two competitive games that are a tune up for an NCAA game in, in next weekend. Every game is a tune-up when you play when you play Denver. Like, if we touch a puck against Denver, I'll be satisfied. But you know, we got another week after this weekend. Our league play manages our birth to our national tournament in the ACHA. Um, the adversity was which was addressed. It's not for me uh, to set that. It's to bring awareness. <laughs> The way we practice, the way that I run my program, Monday to Thursday has to be the most competitive days in our week. I look at an academic calendar. The academic calendar is you go to class, you learn the subject material, the quiz or the test comes on Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday should be easy. It's about retention and application. Okay, so uh, to, we, we don't practice hard enough. Just because we're talented, doesn't mean that we practice hard enough. So for me to challenge players, me, I, I like adversity. And uh, I have to address the fact that it's not good enough. Uh, and it, it's not words, but it's also explaining and demonstrates, uh, demonstrating the necessity of the importance of doing things right consistently. <clears throat> We're into our... Uh, either no, third or fourth week. When you mentioned, which is a good question, the chemistry, chemistry is really important. So my focus is, is about keeping it simple, keeping the sy uh, system place simple, and we're gonna work on chemistry. It, it's a trust and awareness. So the trust and awareness is, uh, uh, 
It's just not the guy. All of our guys can pass tape to tape, okay? But pass tape to tape in a stress. So whether the passer is, is, is under distress or off balance or you're the last man back, um, but it's also the receiver. So, there, you know, there's old phrases that say uh, good players make a bad passer look good. My stress level is we don't let puck ex- uh, pucks escape. So just because they hit your uh, stick, if it's off an inch, it's not good enough. And those are messages that, that you get driven all year, okay, all year. And by the time we get to April for the national tournament, we had it pretty much honed in, right? Uh, if, if we escape pucks against Missouri State, it allows Missouri, uh, Missouri State to have an opportunity to not only build confidence, but uh, play in our zone, have opportunities, if not first or seconds. Um, and the last thing we want to do is chase a game. We play the same way through attrition and, and providing hard games where, like you know, in the past, uh, if, we, if we get a lead early, we blow teams out. Otherwise, you know, it goes down to the wire and, and, and most teams aren't conditioned to play a hard game. If we start losing pucks uh, against Denver, uh, it's a long night. And I haven't found a way to speed a clock up, but I hope we're not in that situation. Well, I, uh, like I said, being around the program, I know the battle and compete level that not only you, you, uh, and your staff present to your team, but also that most of those returners have. And I don't personally, I don't know if the whole, uh, worrying about the clock is going to have to, be much of a matter. I think those guys are going to compete and work their tail off and present Linwood hockey pretty well against Denver. Uh, I 100% agree with you. I, I have no second thoughts when it comes to pride, when it comes to willingness. Um, but as a coach, we always ask for more. We want better. Uh, we've had a long enough time with these players uh, to know the learning curve. Uh, and now to make certain that uh, execution and punctuality is not overlooked. Uh, so it's been getting addressed in practice, whether it be on the ice uh, or also in conversations away from the rink. Um, they have to gobble up an awful lot of information early. Um, I, I, I'm fortunate that I have unbelievable returning class that have not only talent, but experience and also um, tremendous leadership uh, capacity where not only have they been welcoming, but they've dug in to defend their their jobs and defend the years that they've put in. Uh, It's most important to me when it comes to exit meetings in the spring that you have a responsibility not only to make the program better than when you came in, but protect your responsibility, defend your responsibility, but encourage players uh, that they understand how we run our program here at Lindenwood. Well said. And I think we'll, we'll wrap this one up this week. We'll meet next week uh, and hopefully have a good recap of most state and look ahead to Denver. So thank you coach for the time and we'll talk next week. Thanks Ricky. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Yep.
Once again, we'd like to thank women's associate head coach Chrissy Keogh and men's Division One head coach Rick Zombo for their time this week. Come on, Linwood fans. Come out. Show your support. The women take on Wisconsin Friday night, 7 p.m., Saturday at 3.30 p.m., and the men take on in-state rival Missouri State Saturday at 7 p.m. and Sunday at 4 p.m. After that 4 p.m. game, also catch the Linwood Division II Lions as they take on SAUE. Picked up by the Lions. Center out in front. A shot from Ferret. They score! To the net. 2-1-0. A shot. They score! Bryce Leaguer on the doorstep. Give it to Wagner. Three on one up the ice if the Lions hurry. Wagner into the zone. Adamy in front. They score! Casey Adamy with a deflection in the goal crease. And the Lions cut back into the lead. It's 4-2.